Well, I want to look into the camera today and say a big special hello to all of those that are watching online today, whether you're working, whether you're out of town, whatever it is, or you're sick in your body, I just want you to know that we love you, we wish that you were here with us, and you're a part of us just as much as we're looking through the screen. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome all of them today to church. Just feels so good. My screen, oh, I've missed you so much. Uh, can, I, can I preach a couple of announcements real quick uh, to you today and share some stuff? Uh, obviously, the month of December is a huge month for our church. Got all sorts of stuff going on. So bear with me for just a second for all my planners in the room. I'm about to give you the plan uh, for the rest of this month. Uh, and as we get into the new year, this is some stuff that you're going to want to know. First of all, next weekend is our Heartland Kids production. Uh, I'm so excited about it. It's going to be great. I won't take much time right now to talk about it because I'm going to talk about it in the message, but it is next weekend and it's going to be fantastic, 9.30 and 11.30. I hope that you're a part of that. And then I, wanna, I just want to welcome every guest. Maybe it's your first time you walked in these doors, you're hanging out with us for the very first time. We want to welcome you today. And uh, when you came in, hopefully you got a, a, a connection card, uh, a worship guide with a connection card in it. If you're watching online for the very first time, you can always text us at HCGuest to 81411. If you're here in person today, go out to our Next Steps table. We have a little Starbucks gift card we want to give you just to say thanks uh, for hanging out with us today. It's so good to have you here. Come on, Harlan, let's welcome all of our guests today here in person and those watching online. We so appreciate you. And I want to talk about giving hope for just a second. It's going to be fantastic. But before I do that, I want to welcome Pastor Becky Porter to the States. Come on up here, girl. How many of you love Pastor Becky today? Isn't she amazing? <laughs> do you like my new Christmas dress? <laughs> it covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. I got to give you that. Well, Pastor Becky, take just a second and tell everybody about Giving Hope, what it is, what we're doing. I want to make sure that everybody knows about this because it's going to be great. Okay. Giving Hope. A lot of you already know on December 18th, all day long, we're inviting families from the community to come here and shop for their children because you have been shopping for their children. And I want to say thank you for that. Thank you. Now, as we get everything inventoried and figure out what toys we still need to get, we need to get volunteers signed up for that day. We have about as a half the amount that we need. We need about 80 more people signed up to volunteer. Eight zero, eight zero people. But you can text giving hope, that's all one word, no space in the middle, giving hope to 81411, right? <laughs> can you remember it now? Eight one four one one. Okay. <laughs> Text giving hope and you can sign up to serve on that day or before that day because we've got inventory to do and we've got decorating to do and the day of we've got gift wrapping to do and we've got uh, people to help with the shopping and we've got people to help pray for people. There is something that you can do to help. Our hospitality team needs your help. Our child care team needs your help. We need your help to help these families that may not get a great Christmas have a wonderful Christmas, but that's not all. We help them shop for their kids 
But then we talk to the parents about Jesus Christ and we help them pick out Bibles for each of their children. No one else does that. We're doing that because we want them to know the light of the world, not just have a fun Christmas. Right, Pastor Dad? Yeah, and, and it's so important that you know that what we do is we reach out to the school districts. And they, they help nominate families and these families get in contact with us. So we're in contact with every one of these families that's participating in, in Giving Hope, and they come here. And last year, we had a great Giving Hope, but this year, it's doubled the amount of families that we're investing in and helping. So I think, what is the amount of families? We it's have 130 families. Representing English. how many children? 330 children. That's amazing. Yeah. So right here in our community in Carrollton, and so there's two different shifts that they can uh, participate, be careful with that word, uh, and, and on uh, December 18th, and those shifts are at what time? 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. So that's real easy to remember, 8 to 2 and 2 to 8. And we do still need some during the first service but we, or session, but we definitely need more during the second shift, so you could volunteer for that afternoon and evening. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Becky. Do you love your, our missions, Pat? Is she just amazing? She just loves people. So she dresses up like a Christmas tree. Uh, and then, of course, I want to share with you that this year, uh, our Christmas services uh, are right around the corner. We're actually planning these. It's going to be fantastic. I do want to point something out to you. We've actually added a service this year uh, on December 23rd at 7 p.m. So if you're not usually able to join us on Christmas Eve uh, for some reason, uh, you have another opportunity to come now. And we used to do our services at four and six on Christmas Eve. We decided to move those up, okay? So they're now at two and four on Christmas Eve so that you can uh, be with your family. But we want you to come join us for one of our candle lighting services. It's a great opportunity for you to bring a neighbor, uh, to bring friends with you to church uh, who maybe wouldn't say yes at any other time, but because it's Christmas, uh, maybe they would say yes. So bring them with you. It's a great time. Uh, we love it. And then right after Christmas on the 26th, we will not have in-person gatherings that day. We call it Sabbath Sunday. We give all of our dream teamers the opportunity to be with their families. We do an online experience that we've already recorded uh, and we're working on right now with the worship and everything. It's going to be really neat. And it's six times throughout the day. You can catch it online. It's an abbreviated service, 9, 30, 11, 32, 6, 8, and 10. You can watch it on the 26th. So if you show up on the 26th, nobody's going to be here. So just know that. And then that leads us right into the new year uh, where we get ready for 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'll talk about that more on January 9th through the 29th. We start every year that way, and it's going to be great. Today begins uh, the giving season of our church. It's Legacy Sunday, and I, I want to start today by just saying thank you because you're already a generous church. Um, in fact, this message today, your generosity is, is not in question. Uh, I don't have to preach or motivate you today, a motivational message. You respond already. Uh, week in and week out, the people of this church, uh, on the whole, put God first generously uh, through their giving. Uh, we don't talk about money uh, hardly at all here. We don't do uh, little tithing sermonettes uh, in every service. In fact, I just realized last week with all of At The Movies, we didn't even talk about giving one time. Uh, I, I don't talk about it a lot. And one of the reasons we don't talk a lot about it a lot is just because you're a faithful. 
And I just want to say thank you for that. Not every pastor uh, gets to say that. In the pandemic, there were a lot of things as a pastor I had to focus on, uh, but money wasn't one of them. You've, you've been generous, uh, and it's allowed us to be generous. And I just need to make sure that I say that today because we don't get to host a shopping mall for 330 kids uh, without you. You do that, uh, and you respond all year long to needs. And so... We, as we prepare to give today, I want to just share with you a thought uh, that just may be uh, out of something that we've walked through this week. Uh, I, I said this on, on Wednesday at first Wednesday, but we found out uh, Tuesday morning that Kendra and I lost just a, a, a hero in our lives, really uh, a man who's been a spiritual father uh, to Kendra and I for many years, uh, and that's Marcus Lamb, the, the CEO of Daystar, went to be with the Lord, and it's, it's been a very hard week for us. Kendra has worked very closely with Marcus and, and his wife, Joni, for the last 20 years. Uh, they they uh, officiated, helped officiate our wedding. Uh, in fact, it was Marcus and Joni that when Kendra and I, 14 years ago, were on the brink of divorce, Marcus stepped in and said, I'll pay for your counseling no matter what, and so for the next year, uh, we went to counseling every week, two times a week, by our, each alone. Uh, and they paid for our counseling for over a year. We wouldn't be married today. We wouldn't have children today. We wouldn't have a ministry today uh, if it weren't uh, for him in our lives. And so we're going to honor him uh, this coming week. But maybe just because it's so fresh, uh, now his children uh, leading the way and they're in good hands. And it just really kind of got me thinking a lot about generational blessing and, and I want to talk about generational blessing for just a few minutes this morning. Several years ago, uh, we brought in a man uh, just to help us strategically uh, as we were kind of planning the future of what God was putting in our heart. And he asked us a question uh, one particular day at a, a dinner. He said, when you think about the church that you want to pastor, what are some of the things that you feel very strongly that you want it to look like? And, and there were many things that we said, but almost immediately at the very top of the list, was we felt very strongly that the church that we lead, we wanted it to be a multi-generational church. And, and what that means is that success for us is when we look out and we see two, you know, three, sometimes even four generations of families worshiping together. And uh, it, you won't ever hear me knock another church because I just believe that every church Although we have the same mission, we, we go about it in, in different ways. And I, I, but I just believe personally that God's church operates best when all the generations uh, are present in it. And you know, it's, it's, if, if we're a church filled with young people, and that's just predominantly what we have is just young people, then, then we're, we'll lack wisdom you know, uh, in our church. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how much I've benefited from having spiritual moms and dads uh, in my life. Uh, some of those moms who weren't afraid to twist. I had a lot of women that were felt free to twist my ear uh, anytime I needed it. And, and some of them taught me about money and some of them taught me about relationships and some taught me about friendships and, and business. But how many people know young people need wisdom, they need grace, and they need the maturity of an older generation pouring into their life. But we can't just be a church of young people and, and we can't just be a church 
of old people either. If we're just a church of older people, you know, we have no one to pour into. We're, we're lacking that, that youthful zeal that comes with youth and, and comes with fresh vision and dreaming for the future. And, and, and the truth is, and you know this to be true, that when we look at the scripture, you cannot argue that our God is a multi-generational God. That's just who he is. In fact, because that statement is true, here's another statement that is absolutely true, that everything we do in this life is either creating a blessing or is creating a hardship for the generation that's gonna follow us. The, the decisions that you're making right now are either handing your kids and the next generation, it's either handing them a stepping stone or a stumbling block. Our attitudes, our words, our choices, they have influence and they impact the future generations. The, the blessing that you're experiencing today in your life, it did not just happen. It, it, was, it was blessing that has been passed on to you. Today, the fact that we, Kendra and I, get to pastor such a great church has very little to do with us. It has way more to do with people who have come before us, who have sacrificed. I don't get any credit for it today. It is legacy-minded pastors and people who, who fasted, who gave, who invited, who prayed, who served for years and years and years so that I would be able to be up here today speaking to you. The you that sits in the seat that you're sitting in today is the byproduct of people that have come before you, relationships that have poured into you, good or bad, grandparents and uncles and, and teachers and Sunday school teachers and, and leaders and, of course, your parents, both natural and adopted family, all of them have contributed to sowing seeds in your life. The, the, the church that you grew up in, if you grew up in church, the, the relationships that have blessed you throughout your life, the people that you have learned from, all of it makes up the person that you are today and it's blessing that was passed on to you. Now, it's, the opposite is also true in this, that, that there's, there's some negative things that we deal with today that were passed on to us, the, the brokenness that you might experience, the insecurity, the depression, the, the addiction that some of you are facing, the anger, the offenses. These are things that probably didn't just start randomly one day in you. They are things that have been passed down through generations. In fact, the book of Exodus in, in chapter 20 speaks to this. It says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now, anytime we read a scripture that strong, we have to stop and just, I need you to understand today because I don't think that the English translation really does this particular verse a, a great justice of what was meant in the original language. The original language is just trying to communicate that there are consequences that come when people don't put God first and who don't humble themselves before God in their life. The, the scripture goes on to say that it's to the, the sin of the, the parents of the third and fourth generation. Like that stuff, that stuff leaves a legacy in people. That's not good. But then it goes on to say, but showing love 
to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments, showing love to those people. God has already established in the earth what we know as a harvest or or a consequence or a chain reaction that follows, chain reactions that, that can be negative, but chain reactions that can also be positive. You know, aren't you thankful for the fact that, that when we love God and when we put him first, what we see in the scripture is that his mercy and his love and his power and his goodness extends through the generations and our children will be blessed because of our faithfulness. So when Bill Dean, my, my dad's dad, who, who laid in that snow and World War II and the, and the tanker was, was going down the line and picking them each off one by one as they were dying and he laid in the snow and he said, Lord, if you'll save me today, I'll give my whole rest of my life to serving you. And he did and the Lord saved him in that war and he came back home and he gave his life to Christ and he became a pastor with five boys and those boys are now a generational and when, when Jack Dehart made the decision to follow Jesus as a result of Bill Dean and Jack Dehart choosing to love God and to do right, I am now a chain reaction of their love of God. My dad is a byproduct of that. I am a byproduct of that. My children will be a byproduct of that. In fact, one of the things Kendra and I pray often is, Lord, let a thousand generations that follow us be blessed because of the legacy that we have sowed in our love for you. Everything that God has, everything that he gives is meant to build momentum and build traction and move generations forward where one generation is standing on the shoulders of the next generation and it's moving forward. In fact, I love this, this promise in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 112. It says, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find, come on everybody, say it with me, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be Mighty in the land, the generation of the upright will be blessed. Come on, somebody shout blessed today. Somebody shout mighty today. How many of you are thankful for that? That our children, we believe, will be mighty and blessed because of our faithfulness to God. Come on and clap your hands if you're thankful for that today. And so parents... One of the things I want you to know is that some of the most successful families in our country today were not just successful, but they had this mentality where they, they saw their children as their greatest resource and their greatest hope for the legacy that God was calling them to produce. And I just want to, I just feel like I need to sow that into you today, parents. I want to appeal to you to see your children as the greatest hope and, and the greatest source of strength for what God wants to do in you and through you. And there's a responsibility that lies upon you today to teach them, to teach them the truth, to teach them the ways of the Lord, to, to teach those ways even when they're unpopular, even when people in our culture want to redefine them. Right now, Kendra and I are doing this, this seven-lesson Bible study with our oldest daughter where we're, we're teaching her about, she's of the age now, we're teaching her about sexuality and we're teaching her about marriage and 
We're teaching her about adultery according to God's word. Teaching her how the Bible gives us a roadmap for all things, for, for our sexuality, for, uh, for what marriage is to look like. That's his plan, that he created us male and that he created us female. There's, there's really no other options. <laughs> that the red, yellow, black, and white, they are all precious in his sight. If you're not comfortable with that, you're not gonna be comfortable in this church. We're teaching our kids that the house of God isn't optional. It's something that you gotta be a part of, kids. You gotta be a part of the house of God, which to some parents, I was a youth pastor for 12 years so I've heard this many times, parents say, well, my kids don't, they just don't want to go. I don't want to say, well, when did, your, when did your kids just get all the choices? I mean, let's think about it. Your kids didn't want to go to school. They didn't want to take showers. They didn't want to eat healthy. They didn't want to do their homework. They didn't want to clean their room. They didn't want to make their bed. But you made them do all those things. Or at least I hope you did. So when did God's house become the kids' option? Teach them. Teach them the ways of the Lord. Next weekend, we're gonna have this children production here next weekend. It was one of the things that Kendra and I so passionately like fought for, and we didn't really fight for it. We just said we really want our church to do this again because there's something about when kids experience wins in God's house that builds their confidence. They're gonna be these kids up here next weekend, and, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, sometimes people have this tendency to say, oh, well, it's the kids' production, and, and I don't really have any kids, so it's kind of a, so we'll just take that Sunday off. No, 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 no. That's the Sunday to be all in. Are you hearing me? That, that's the Sunday that when they sing a song that they don't know half the words to, and they're stumbling through, and there's one kid that's seven that's just doing this, you know, the whole time that he's on the stage. But when they finish the song and the whole building stands and applauds and tell them, we're so proud of you, that they're like, whoa. And here are kids growing up in God's house and they're saying, there's people here that believe in me. There's people here that, that love me. There's people who care about who I become and what I'm gonna become. All of a sudden, parents, we're getting kids in God's house and we're teaching them the truth that God is their savior and, and, and we're reaping the benefits of citizens of heaven that were made in his image. Teach them that God has a plan for their life and that the people of God are gonna cheer them on and root them on no matter what happens in their life. It's been two months. I'm just fired all the way up. I'm telling you today. <laughs> Every day when I drop my kids off at school, when Kendra drops the kids off at school, we have this thing, both of us, where we make these, we say, come on, say your declarations. And they know them. And now Brooklyn is old enough to where together they both say the declarations together. Here's the declaration, they say, I'm a leader, I'm a champion, I'm God's number one, I'm the light to my school, so help me God today to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. They say it every morning. Because we want them to know that they're not just a random kid, just in a school that God placed them in their school to be a leader. Yes. And sometimes they roll around, oh, the Brooklyn, my youngest, she's kind of a firecracker. She'll go, I'm a leader, I'm a champion. Like she's just 
She always has to do it in accents and voices now. And sometimes I'm not sure if she's getting it. But I want her to understand, and so I laid in bed with Jaden a couple of nights ago as we were talking about something, and I said, Jaden, you're the light to your school. Don't feel pressure like, oh, that's something I have to be. No, that's God going with you. He's the light in you, and you just by being you and loving God, people will see the light, and your friends will see the light, and you represent Jesus because you're a leader in everything you do. Teach them that. Teach them not to be intimidated by the words of people, because if you stand on the word of God, you have no reason to ever be intimidated or be worried about what other people think. Get them tough, get them solid in who they are and their belief systems. I just believe we gotta raise Christians to be tough in the convictions of the word of God again. We're warriors in the kingdom of God. When you stand for God's truth, others may despise it and hate it, but you'll be fine. Several months ago, just in a moment of real transparency and honesty, I, I took a stand, and I, I don't apologize for it. I'm really not a political person, if you know me. I, I rarely talk about this kind of stuff from up here, but I just, I took a stand for God's word about the issue of abortion. I took a stand on it. And I know that might ruffle some feathers, but I believe that what we've done in these last 50 years since Roe versus Wade might ruffle for some feathers, but it is an injustice towards God and his creation. Did, did you know Did you know that if you disrupt, poison, kill, trap, or collect eggs from the nest of a bald eagle, you can be imprisoned for two years and fined up to $250,000. But if you disrupt the womb of a woman, you can do it for free. Did you know that in California, if a woman is pregnant and she's killed by a man who's under the, or a woman who's under the influence of alcohol, that person will be tried for double murder. And and I'm just, I'm not sorry for it. And I just, man, there were a few, I just got crushed. And I just, I slept fine that night. And I just don't care because I'm standing for kingdom culture. I'm teaching my kids about kingdom culture. Our kids are our greatest resource. I gotta aim my kids. I gotta prepare my kids. I gotta build my kids. I gotta get my kids ready for what the culture is gonna try to produce in their life. And so your children, with the blessing of God and the help of God and the help of the local church, your children should be more successful than you are. I remember a couple years ago, I had such this powerful moment with my dad, who I love and I just admire so much. He's such a hero in my life. He told me one particular day, he said, Dusty, I just want you to know that as you step into this seat, I will always be your biggest fan and I will always hope that you are more successful than I was. He said, I will never challenge or I'm gonna stand with you. He said, because if I do this right, he said, you should be more successful than I've ever been. That's not, he wasn't telling me his opinion. He was telling, that's biblical, everybody. And he was sowing into me the fa- a father's blessing, a generational blessing. That's what we want for our kids. We want our kids to be successful. The last 20 months, 
a suicide in, in teenage suicide attempts have increased over 50% in the past 20 months. Starting in May 2020, February to May, it's been 50% higher in teenage girls 12 to 17. We've got kids right now dealing with things that you didn't deal with when you were 12 years old. Worry, anxiety. It's the most, it's the most medicated generation to date in our country. Depressed, many of them fearful, many of them afraid to leave home. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about COVID. I'm talking about just socially afraid to interact because of everything that they've, that's gone on in their world. And I want you to know that there's never been a time in our world that we can make more of a difference in our kids than right now. And so we have to be bold. We, we, we have to be brave. We have to care. We have to reach out. We have to have the mentality, no kids left behind. That's why earlier this year, I was, we faced a tough decision because we were in the middle of this COVID stuff and, and we were asking the question, we do reveal conference. And we just made the decision. In fact, it was really, Kendra helped me make it. She just said, Dusty, our kids need this. And so we decided to have this conference because our kids need it. And you saw it, hundreds of kids. I was like, you know, I told Mikey, and I probably didn't have enough faith, just to be real honest. I told him, you need to cut your budget. You need to, you know, just tell your team, like, hey, we're going to have to do our best here. Like, you know, we're probably not going to have nearly as many kids as we normally have, but we'll do it. If it's just for our kids, you know, we'll do it. Had our biggest attendance we've ever had at Reveal Conference, ever. Lord was like, you know, right there in that moment. (laughs) And, and, you, and many of you who served at, at our conference, you saw it. One of the most powerful moves of the Holy Spirit swept into those kids' lives that night. And all they wanted to do was worship. They hadn't worshiped together in over a year. And it was powerful. Hundreds of kids being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit saved such a powerful move of God. In the summer, we, we debated about hosting our summer camp. We normally do two camps back to back. We host it with two other churches. And we've been hosting it for years and years and years. And we have anywhere between 600 and 800 kids that, that come to, to these summer camps. Well, we, we just, we're like, we decided let's just, we'll do one week, you know, of summer camps this year. There's probably going to be a lot of kids who aren't able to come. And we, so we did one week. Just going to one week already was going to cause budget, you know, uh, constraints for us because we didn't have the income to help support, you know, uh, both weeks like when we normally have two weeks. And so uh, three or four of us, you know, as churches pitched in, we just were going to like, we're going to have the camp. In fact, I don't know, you probably don't even know this, but you invested as a church $7,500 into this camp so that kids could go to camp. And not only was it the right decision to do it, we should have done two weeks, (laughs) Because we had, parent, we had parents and we had, we had youth ministries and pastors ringing us off the hook saying, please, can you get us in? You know, our kids need it. And that week, we, we, sold, we maxed out the camp. We had every bed filled at that camp. And, and at that camp of 480 kids gave their life to Christ and 39 received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why am I telling you this? Because we, we got to build a generational legacy here, everybody. It's God's plan. Some of you right now, you might feel like you're failing as, as a parent. You might feel like you're failing in your parenting. Listen to me. Have you partnered with your church? 
I said this during at the movies, but there is power in partnership. And if you parent alone, you will fail alone. My brother and my sister and my we're not here today just because we had great parents. We're here today because of a multitude of people that sowed into our lives that they empowered. They partnered with the church and the church came alongside of them and cared for us. And parents, I wanna commit this to you today. We will partner with you. This church will partner with you with your kids. If your kids are suffering with anxiety, we will partner with you. If they're suffering with their mental health, we will partner with you. If they're suffering with suicide or sex or they're dealing with teenage pregnancy, we're not gonna run away from that. The church doesn't run away, shouldn't run away from that. We run to those people. We're we're building a ministry right now here called Embrace Grace because if we're gonna take a stand for life, we better back it up whenever people experience pregnancies. We better back it up as a church, everybody. Embrace grace. It's a mentorship program for young women with unexpected pregnancies. And we mentor them and we care for them and we disciple them and we walk next to them and then we give them the biggest baby shower they could have ever imagined if they don't have anybody, and we pay for it all. It's like, come on in, we'll help you out. And we care for their hearts. Because the church is often known for conservative values, but listen to me, if you're gonna have a conservative value, you better have a radical love. There's no place in the body of Christ for conservative values and conservative love. You better have, you better have radical love with a conservative value. That's not Jesus. So we're gonna partner with you. And and, and it can't be occasional. It has to be consistent because the world is reaching for our kids. And the only way we're gonna love our kids the way that God's called us to love them is if our reach is greater for them than the world's reach is for them. And so when you give today in this legacy offering, part of it just goes straight. It's our next gen. It's one of our five focuses of our legacy offering. Every year, we say yet, when we say yes to Reveal Conference, it's a $13,000 expense every year. It's at, at least $13,000. We've never, we've, somebody like, you do this, does it help you make money? <laughs> no, it's the opposite of that. But it's a mandate on our church. It is a privilege that we get to host this. It's the easiest money we spend all year. It's not even a question. Because there is a legacy mandate on our church. We have a calling, and so we have to be a multi-general church, everybody. Come on, do you agree with that? We have to be a multi-generational church. So as we close today, I want to appeal to every person who calls this church their home. And this will be the strongest over the next five minutes that you'll hear me talk about giving all year long. This is it. Okay, I'm so passionate about this offering because it goes to be a blessing to others. And now more than ever, God is doing something through our church. So I wanna just give you, I wanna tell you just a few bullet points. Most of you probably know this. There are some of you that don't. So for those who don't, I just want you to understand the vision behind this offering, okay? This offering helps us impact five different legacy lanes. All right, there are local outreach, Uh, uh, international missions, national missions, our next generation, and what we call Heartland uh, Future Projects, Vision Projects, okay? And all year long, we don't take any special offerings. In fact, 
We've not even passed a bucket in a year and a half in all of this. We just, most of you, about 80, 90% of you give online. And I just say, hey, give this week, and that's about it. But this is the one time in the year that we take a special offering. We take one offering a year, and then all year long, we just respond to needs. We just respond. And so like this summer, when we did Honor Weekend, and we bought a principal a car, (laughs) we didn't come to you and say, hey, we really would like to get these people a car, and, you know, could you help us out a little bit? You know, we we celebrate, say, hey, we did this, and you did it. Thank you. You're You're the most generous church in the world. That's what we do. And all year long, we just respond to needs. I met a lady, I didn't tell this in the first service, I met a lady, you may be here today, and if you are, I won't out you by using your name, but your story's so powerful. I met a lady out in the lobby three weeks ago, and uh, just at random came up to me, and I asked her name, and asked her, and I said, how are you doing? And she she began to cry, she'd never met me before, and I'd never met her. And uh, I, I said, tell me, you know, what's going on? And she said, I said, my mom died. Uh, this summer, and I'm, I'm just having a real hard time, you know, with it. And I prayed with her right there in that moment. And, and can I tell you, this is one of the things that bugs me about churches, if I can just be real honest, is I prayed for her, and that's typically where churches end. We pray for them. Now, that's a great thing, and it's huge, and it's important. But I told her, I'd never met this lady. It's her first time to come to our church. I said, listen to me. I, I said, I'd love to to gift you four counseling sessions for free with a counselor in our church. So what you're going through is hard and you shouldn't go through it alone. And we have people here that if you're willing, will talk to you and help you as you're going through that. And I say, here's my email address. If this compels you, I said, I'm not pressuring you. If it's something you'd like, I'm gifting it to you today. And she left out, she emailed me. She's, She's in counseling today. First time in our church, she got prayed for, but then we didn't just pray for her in that moment. We began to go on a journey of healing with her in that moment. And when you give in this offering, it help, we've spent more money helping people in counseling this year. Just to, Most people would never try it in their life because they, they can't pay for it. It's intimidating. But when a pastor says, hey, I'm gifting it to you. Would you, would you just consider it? Our counselors are having more people come to them today as a result. I'm just telling you, you make a difference in people's lives through this. And so we don't have a financial goal. We only have a participation goal. I'm not standing up here with an amount to tell you today we gotta raise this amount, okay? Now, I have a budgeted you know, amount. We kind of budget in faith for this offering, but I'll just tell you, that's not my goal. My goal is, is not a financial goal. It's a participation goal. I want everybody who calls this church their home to participate because everybody can do something. Everybody can give in some way. Now, you'll hear me on a Sunday, come on, if God compels you to give today, put him first in this area of your living. This is one of the few times all year long that I say, I really want you to participate in this, all right? If God compels you, God is compelling you, all right? (laughs) He's speaking right now through me to tell you to be a part of this, all right? And, And then I need you to know this, that just because we rarely talk about money, doesn't mean that we have more vision than resources. The reason that we don't talk a lot about money is because we manage money very well as a church. This, we are fiscal years from July to June. And so this past July, when we created our budget, we created a budget on 80% of the income that we had had the previous year. All right, only 80%. It's, it is painful doing that. 
We cut things. Oh my, it's like three days. I just want to punch a kitten. It's just, it's so excruciating, you know? We cut things down, you know, we ask our team, you know, they come in, hey, can I have this, you know, in my budget this year? No, you can't. We've got to get to this threshold. It's just, I mean, it's painful. But you know what it means is it means that as a church, we have margin. And, and whenever you have the ability to have margin, it helps you to be able to respond. And so all year long, we save, we respond to need, we pay down debt. We never stand up here on a Sunday like needing that offering to pay that Sunday's bills, you know? So as a, in fact, I think we paid $70,000 additional just recently, like wrote a check, additional principal payment towards this property. And, and the bank's like, what are you... What is going on? What are y'all doing? You know, like, how, because everybody's asking for money. Nobody's just, you know, and they're kind of like, y'all can slow down if you want to, because how many people know banks are not in it for you to pay off your bills ahead of time? <laughs> but by the way, that's what we teach you. We teach you live on 80% to, to live an 80, 10, 10 life. You know, live on 80%, give 10 and save 10. That's what we teach you. Because if you're constantly chasing your tail all the time, you can never respond generously when the Lord speaks to you. So what happens when I talk about money up here today is I don't do it out of urgency. I'm not up here talking to you today out of urgency. I'm talking to you out of diligence. I'm not teaching you this today because hardly, oh God, if you don't give today, look at this picture of a puppy. It's gonna help you, you know, to get, it's... I'm up here today trying to teach you to be obedient to God's word. I don't like gimmicks. I don't like people trying to, to uh, twist my arm. I like straight shooters. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me what you need and, and just respond to it. And that's what we do. And I want you to know that Kendra and I are not going to ask you to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. Kendra and I are giving today to the legacy offering just like all of you are given. And it's going to be sacrificial for us just like it's sacrificial for you. And here's the last thing, and I'm closing. I want our team to come. Is that giving sacrificially is one of the ways that God builds your story. And that's so powerful because every person in this room that's ever led or been a leader in God's kingdom has a story about how you tested God with your giving and you watched him come through. That's what the Bible says, by the way, to test him. And so that's, if you don't have a story yet in your life about God's faithfulness and your giving, one of two things are probably true. Number one, you're probably in process still in this area and God will show you. Or you've really never truly stepped out of the boat sacrificially. You're probably still in the shallow end. Now, let me, let me teach you something real quick. When we, when we give, when we tithe, we do that because the Bible says that that portion already belongs to God. So you hear me say this on Sundays. When we give today, we're not hoping to be blessed. We like that. I mean, it's great. God promises. But the real reason we're giving when we tithe is because we already are blessed. All right? And we're just returning to God what's God's. But, but a, a, an offering is, is different than that. And you got to know this because tithing and offering, it's like llamas and alpacas. They're often grouped together, but they're very different, okay? <laughs> Some of you will get that tomorrow, all right? But, but, so when we give a tithe, we do it because it already belongs to God as an act of worship. But when we give an offering, it's an act of worship. In fact... In the Old Testament, they, they would give offerings on holy days 
or at annual times in an amount that was determined by the worshiper. Okay? So, so when we give offerings, it's an act of worship, but we often do it believing God for something. I, and I want to ask you that question today. What are you believing God for in your life right now? As you give an offering towards God, what are you praying for? What are you looking to God for? Where, where do you need him to come through in your life? And I believe that as you do that, that's a journey that the two of you go on in your lives or your family goes on with God. And, it, and it's powerful. I, I'm personally right now in the just finished the book of 2 Samuel. I've been reading 2 Samuel and I just got into 1 Kings and last week I came across that story where David had, had uh, actually been punished by God uh, for, for being disobedient, having a lack of faith. And the Lord says to him, I want you to go and I want you to make an offering to me. And so David goes to this man and he says, I want to purchase your threshing floor because the Lord has asked me to make a sacrifice here before you. And the man says to him, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make you pay that. You know, you're David. I'll give you the threshing floor. Here, just, just take the threshing floor. And David's response, even this week, it took me back. This is what he says. He says, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not offer my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. I tell you, when you give an offering to God, I really believe it should cost you something. It's sacrificial, and David, David modeled that in his life. And what better area to be sacrificial? I told somebody in the lobby today, I just I am the least intimidated about talking about this because it goes to help other people. It's, not, it's like, I think some people think that, you know, there are these stigmas around churches and money, like, you know, give today, and then I go in a back room, and I'm like, all right, what did we get? We're going to get steak tonight, you know? Like, it's not like that, okay? It's nothing like that. I'm, I'm standing up here today pleading because I want to give. There's a church in India that I'd love to give $40,000 to this year to bless. I love, Kendra and I know their pastors, such sweet people. We love them. They are in the middle of one of the hardest, most difficult times in the middle of COVID. You think COVID's hard here. You, have, you don't know the half of it, of how it is around the world. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about our food distribution team who came to me yesterday. We had three times the number of people that we normally have come to our food distribution yesterday. One of our directors, she's over, I'm, I'm talking, we, she is amazing. Colleen, if you're here today, I love you so much for all you do, our food distribution. But she came to me yesterday, we were, we were doing stuff for her and she said, Pastor Dustin, I need, I need you to know. She said, with all these extra people that are coming, I, I'm having to spend more money. And I said, you meet the needs, the other stuff's my problem to worry about. And then I walked out of the room and I said, that's your problem to worry about. <laughs> I just think about those things. And so like, there's not a part of me that's even remotely worried about asking you to give sacrificially. It's helping meet people's basic needs and we're presenting the gospel. Come on, what could be better than that than sow it into God's chosen people and the nation of Israel and the next year? I mean, it's just, okay. Every time we've given sacrificially as a church, we've seen the blessing of God repaid time and time again. And what we'll do today will literally echo in eternity. It's something amazing about people who even, and, and when the times are produced in times of blessing and in times of hardship, they just stay faithful to what God's called them to do. Today, you can actually go on our website. Uh, we prepared this for you this week on the homepage of our website is what we call our, our legacy outreach report. And it's just highlighting some of the ways that your, your giving in the legacy offering has benefited people in the first three lanes. Uh, 
in, in our outreach lanes. And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't end today by just thanking our legacy team. Um, I love you guys. This is men and women who have the gift of giving, and they're a part of a team just like you know, the, the, the team that hands out worship guides and greets and the team that ushes today and the team that's uh, doing our live stream. Th- these people, their team is giving. That's the, team, that's the gift that's on their life. And they, they lead our church. They're the financial leaders of our church and they just enjoy meeting needs. They, they serve faithfully in this way and they love it. There's a scripture that says, spur each other on towards good works. And I have watched them talk and spur each other towards giving. And they, they give, some of them give small, some of them give, it's just faithfulness is what I'm talking about. It's a work that only God could do. And, and, and so this is a great day. And if you look at a day like this, oh, you know, Leggy Sunday's gonna talk about money. Let's stay home. You're, you're, you are missing it, everybody. You're missing what a day like this is about. So I want our ushers to come right now. And I'm going to do this a little different. In fact, ushers, I want you, they're going to grab envelopes. Now, listen, about 80 or 90% of you give online, all right? So if you give online today, you can keep giving online. But I told our team, I want to do something like they, do it, like they did it in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they would, they would bring their gifts to the altar of God. And they're going to put buckets down here in just a second. Come on, John. I love you, you good looking man. Uh, but uh, they're, they're gonna set these buckets here. And what I want us to do today is I want us to bring our gift. Now, if you give online, I want you to get an offering envelope right now anyways, because I just want you to write, you know, on that offering envelope, you know, this is my legacy gift this year. And then you can give it online and all that. It's, I want you to be able to put into practice the actual act of coming like to the altar like they did in the Old Testament. I just think there's power in that. I think there's power in synergy. I think there's power in all of us doing it together. And listen, if you don't have it, you don't. if you could, you would. And when you have, you've given. So if that's you today and you find yourself, I'm not here, please don't like rack up debt. You know, don't, don't, I, don't give under compulsion. That's why I've talked about it for five weeks, preparing you for this moment. I don't like any of that kind of stuff. I don't like gimmicks. So if that's not you, please shame off you. But for our partners today, we're going to be generous in this way. And we're going to be thankful. We're going to see God do a great work uh, amongst us today, all right? So if you need an offering envelope, they're, they're walking around right now. Just raise your hand if you don't have one. They'll get it. Let's stand today all over the room. And we're going to come, all of us together. Now listen, all of you up top. Come down as well and give, and then you can either go up top or you can just kind of stand around because what we're going to do is we're going to give, and then we're going to pray. Does that sound good to everybody? So we're going to do it and then pray for it. So, you know, don't just, I know for some of you are like, I'm going to walk down these stairs, then walk all the way back up. Okay, so you can stay down or stay close if you want to do that with us today. But thank you, like I said at the beginning, for being the most generous church in the world. Our team is here. You guys ready? Let's, we're going to sing as we give today. And I, you, you get to watch this. It's the whole church doing more together than we could ever do alone. And it's powerful. And it's amazing what God's going to do. So come on, let's do it right now. Let's give. I want you to come. Come, come, come. Let's give and set it here. And then we're going to pray. Come on, team. Let's sing as they come today.
I want us to pray. I want you to stretch your hands towards this today. Father, we want our church to be a city on a hill for people. We wanna reach the hurting and the broken, people who are far from you, people like that sweet lady that I met a couple weeks ago that are walking through the fire in their lives. God, we pray for them today. And I pray that you would use every single one of us, God, to be a vessel to the hurting and to the broken, to those who know and to those who don't know. Lord, I thank you for your church. It's the most powerful vessel in the world. It's the hope of the world. So would you use us collectively to do more than we could ever do alone? Thank you, Jesus, for choosing us. We love you today. We thank you for the opportunity to give. Now, Lord, bless every family that's here today. Whatever they're praying for, whatever they're believing for, wherever they need you to come through for them, would you show yourself in a powerful way, God, and do what only you can do. And we thank you for this church. Bless it now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen today. Come on, clap your hands all over the room. I love you guys. You really are the most generous church in the world. Thank you for coming today. Let's root on our kids next Sunday, everybody. Would you do it with me? Have a great week. Meet some people. Get some coffee if you haven't already. And we will see you next weekend. God bless you guys. You're dismissed.